another episode of Fully Booked. I am Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we are, I don't know, heading into the middle of our young adult month this August over here on the podcast and also over on the website at fullybooked.ca. So if you guys feel like reading more than you already do, you can head over there and check out everything that we're talking about on that end as well. Um, Today, I think we're going to just have a bit of a casual chat, but it's really... It feels like it feels like when you get into young adult, you know, there are specific titles, specific books, series, whatever the hell, um, that are at the forefront of all of that. And I would say that at the forefront of I think what we know now as like modern young adult fiction, like what has popularized young adult fiction, you cannot talk about it without talking about Twilight. Twilight! Oh my god. Um, and just its impact on the cultural lexicon as a whole, basically, and on young adult literature itself. So we've got, like, stuff that we're going to talk about today. All roads lead back to Twilight. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what, that should be the name of the episode, because yeah. that's pretty much what it feels like at yeah. this point, on, like, you know, when over a decade later, we're still at the point that we are oh at with young adult literature and film. I think that you can't, you can't skirt around it. You have to talk about it at some point or another. So, yeah. you know, like the film, the films and the books have been analyzed over and over again. We're not here for that. We're just here to talk about the it's, influence. That yeah. It has had it's overall and, influence and on how, everyone. And how it's actually changed literature, like modern literature, I would say. Oh, for sure. Um, we haven't quite figured out if it's good or bad yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, like this is, you know, I love me some Twilight, but it's just amazing the amount of impact that it's had. But anyway, we're going to get into it. Yeah. Um, so before, before we that, do, yeah, before we do, Shireen, what are you, what's on your nightstand right now? Okay. So I just finished reading a book that was okay. Well. <laughs> and I spent real ass money on this. Yeah. Um, it's called The Love Hypothesis. It was okay. Um, you know, there was, like, quite a sexy scene in it. I'll give it that. Um, it was one of those, like, okay, read it in a day, like, whatever. It's not too, you know, it, it's not terrible. It's not the best book I've ever read. But then I found out that it was actually fan fiction for Kylo Ren. And now <laughs> I have beef because I'm just like, why did I spend real money on this That's shit? That's so good. Uh, <laughs> That's, this is great and so appropriate, too, because we're going to talk about fan exactly. fiction today at the same time as exactly. all of this because it's also had a massive impact on that. Huge so impact. So that is timely. Yes. That is a timely choice. So if any of you have the love hypothesis or you're thinking about reading it, yes, it's and trending you didn't, on book talk and, and you didn't know. And you didn't know <laughs> the main character is actually Kylo Ren and his name is Adam. Because um, Adam Driver. Because Adam Driver. Anyway, whatever. It was fine. Um, <laughs> I love how disappointed you are. You're just like, oh, fuck. Why did I do this? Why did I do that? Like, I was actually like, okay, this is all right. Anyway, um, yeah, it's about uh, this PhD student who is quite endearing. She's kind of clumsy. You see where I'm going with this? She's kind of clumsy. Got Ugh. this, like, you know, need to be saved. And this tall, dark, and handsome man who's built like a brick shit house, yeah. according to the description. Um, Adam, is, Driver, Adam Driver's a large man. Oh, he is a large man. Yeah. And now that I know that it's fan fiction, it totally makes sense. Oh, for sure. he's described as very large all the time. And I'm like, okay, we get it. Um, but I think the author was trying to draw drive the point home. Um, he's very surly angry, angsty, um, kind of like Kylo Ren. Yeah. 
he's a professor in the department and she pretends to go out with him because her friend likes some guy that she dated. Anyway, oh. it's very like uncomplicated as a plot. It's really just about this girl kind of falling in love with this professor because they're pretending to be together because he's kind of like, I need to make it look like I'm... I'm setting down roots here at Stanford because they think I'm a flight risk and they've cut funding for me. And I'm like, I don't think that that's how that would normally work. <laughs> well, you know um, what? Uh, thank God it's not Harvard is all I have to say about that. Well, there's Harvard involved. Like, uh, they, go, they want to go to they Harvard. They always want to go to Harvard. Yeah. It's always the ultimate fucking destination for people yes. academically. So, like, it's just like a thing. Like, it's the Okay, no, that's not true. It's the ultimate academic destination for fan fiction writers who don't, I guess, just can't be bothered to think of any other University. institution yeah that they could possibly uh, unless it's gabriel's inferno and they go to u of t <laughs> university of toronto also derived from twilight but we'll yeah, get there but it's like yeah but it's only because the author's canadian so right, fair enough um yeah so megan what's on your nightstand um I don't I've gone through like a flurry of books in like the past like week and a half or so I like to the extent that I forgot before we started recording I was like shit what did I just read um I am actually rereading the first 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 Fear Street book right oh, now yeah. called The New Girl um you know what like a very straightforward like R.L. Stein, uh, like you know story basically like girl you know like new girl shows up at school the boy who meets her is like totally enamored by her but she seems to have something really weird going on mm -hmm. where she can't go out with him and it's like a really strange thing if I'm not mistaken it's kind of a ghost story it's been a long time since I've read them but I felt like I would have fun and read a few of them um this year like reread a few of them again because uh, it's been ages and I got a few Fear Street tomes that have three or four books in each of them off of Book Outlet for like $8 each. And I was like, sweet. So I just <laughs> decided I was going to reread them before the end mm. of summer. Uh, so I'm reading The New Girl right now. And I just read a, the newer, the latest, I should say, Riley Sager book called The House Across the Lake. Because um, I'm still... I'm still in summer mode, yeah, so totally. I'm still reading, like, easy thrillers and, like, fun stuff to yeah. do and everything about, basically, about a woman who is recovering from the death of her husband about a year prior mm -hmm. and is in at a very secluded lake in Vermont where rich people have cottages mm. um, and gets to know the rich people across the lake, especially the wife who's, like, a former model mm. who then goes missing and she thinks she dun, sees dun, something dun. and, of course, has to unravel what exactly has happened. Mm. Um, it's a fast-paced one. Riley Sager books are always fast-paced. So mm. it's, you know, it's fun to to get into just for, like, the hell of it during the summer. I find yeah. they're, like, those are easy, like, reads of his. So yeah. I always appreciate that. I mean, if y'all are still into doing some summer reading, I also recommend We Were Liars that Megan did not like. I hate something. that book. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah. Um, the whole thing was written like a poem. Definitely recommend it. Um, also read that recently, too. So I think that's a really popular one. It's great. So I'm on the other side of the spectrum of people who didn't enjoy that book. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's fine. We're not here to talk about We Were Liars. Who cares about that book? Great book. We're here to talk about... <laughs> Twilight and Twilight's impact on fucking everybody. So oh. let's talk about Twilight, Shireen. Yay! I've been <laughs> waiting so long for this moment. So Twilight was first published in 2005. 2005 um, through 2008 were the initial releases of books one through four. Did they really come out that fast? Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, because we... 
When, uh, one through four, really? I thought the third one came out in 2008. No, seven, and then 2008 was Breaking Dawn. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I went to the midnight releases of three and four, of Yeah, course. so that's actually my first, it's like, I was like taking some notes earlier when we were talking about this and when I was just thinking about stuff as well, when I was like reading some articles and everything, that's actually one of the first things that I feel like Twilight affected, and I'm gonna say probably in a bit of a negative way, because so... My train of thought is that Twilight was published to the most fanfare I think we've seen in a very long time, mm. like other than Harry Potter, mm. probably the most fanfare we've seen yes. outside of the Harry Potter universe. Yes, 100%. Wild, fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, and Twilight, when we were talking about this, what I mentioned was that Twilight, to my knowledge, is the last time that I really remember midnight releases at yeah. bookstores and stuff and what I feel probably happened follow me here is that since Twilight had such a huge impact and was so 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 popular on release what it really gave way to which you know for a lot of authors is a great thing was it gave way to young adult fantasy taking over like the planet basically oh, with yeah. how popular it is and even to this day like how many releases there are but I think that Within that, what you find negatively, like on the other side of the spectrum, is that it gave way to such an influx of that that there's no longer the same kind of the same kind of global fascination about one series, one mm. specific um, book that's coming out or one specific series of books that are being published. So there are no longer reasons to have these midnight releases and stuff like they've completely died down. They don't really exist anymore. And mm. at least in our neck of the woods and from mm. what I'm aware of. And I think that Twilight has something to do with that because mm. it gave way to so much of this. Yeah, it did. You know, I would say that maybe just past and outside of Twilight, I could see maybe in certain cases that the last thing that would have done that might have been like the Hunger Games after that, maybe. Maybe. The Hunger Games passed me by because I was Divergent. a little too old. Yeah. To, yeah, maybe like the Hunger Games and Divergent to a certain, like a certain extent. Yeah. But I think that those were all published within the same few years and I think that outside of that, like that's all you get now. That's really what you find, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. like, you don't see that kind of... Level of community that exists Yeah, the community that book. exists and the level of um, just how enamored people are by a series. Like, that's yeah. not something you get as much anymore because there's so much available yeah. out there that is very similar. Everybody loves and appreciates different things, mm. which is not a terrible thing because yeah. it gives a lot of authors the chance to be able to you know, actually it's, publish their work. There's so many different subgenres now, but For I sure. think that when Twilight came out, it, it it was weird because it like took the world by storm. This story of this teenage vampire who was trying to be normal and yep. this love story. And when you when you take you know a few steps back and you look at the story of Twilight, you're like, this isn't anything like groundbreaking. Like it's not really anything mm -hmm. amazing, but it was the fact that she took something that's that was typically reserved for like horror and people who like scary things. Yes. And she brought it into the mainstream yes. and kind of made it um, friendly, if and you will. She made it accessible, accessible for a lot of other people. For everybody. And then she made vampires sexy kind of. Again. And, and, but not in a in a like a dangerous way like not in, in a, an Anne oh, Rice way I can change him kind yeah. of way not in an and Anne Rice way where not you're in like an Anne Rice way yeah. um and so this is where my first soapbox about Twilight comes in now don't get me wrong I 
love Twilight. I have a degree in English literature. It is terribly written. The story is just awful yeah. the way that it's written. She uses the same adjectives. I think, I think she's got like five adjectives and she uses them all the time. Consistently. <laughs> all the time. Edward has a crooked smile. I think that there's something wrong with his face when I reread it. Um, but she made toxic relationships okay mm -hmm. again. Um, I feel that for a long time we started to kind of deviate from that and walk away from this like acceptance of the toxic relationship and the abusive and the gaslighting and all this. Yeah. Twilight set us back. It set us back because if you look at um, a lot of teen fiction that came out after that, like just Twilight itself, the fact that it condones this behavior, this controlling, mm -hmm. again, like behavior where this young woman who is, and I, I encourage you as an adult to think about this from her perspective. She's 17 in the book. Yeah. She's never really had much experience with boys. Mm -hmm. um, and all of a sudden she's now kind of thrown into this world of like this this man because he is like he's a hundred years, years old yeah um and so he's even though he he hasn't uh aged he's mentally aged for sure yeah um so think about that for a second and he essentially controls her to the point where you know she's forced into marrying him she's um you know she thinks it's okay the fact that she has a baby with him at yeah. this age um and just like this whole sequence of events um and his behavior towards her yes there's always a and i'm using air quotes here a justification for how he behaves like preventing her from seeing her best friend um yeah all this but what it has done even though it was quite subtle in twilight it opened the door for this whole new genre of toxic masculinity yeah, I would, that now appears in a lot of what we see. I would argue that it only began in a subtle way and then as the books progressed, yeah. it became like progressively more apparent and progressively yeah. worse. I mean, look, if you if you take in things into account about Stephanie Meyer herself, I don't know her as a person. I'm sure she's lovely. Um, but she was raised in the Mormon church, mm. which does dictate that the man is the head of the household mm. and that is kind of the way that things are meant to be. I actually was reading through an article from, I believe, The Guardian from 2013 with mm. her that was just talking about the impact of the series and stuff and was talking about feminism to a certain mm. extent because Madame considers herself a feminist, which I would have some questions about. <laughs> um, and you know, while she does consider herself a feminist and in her book, I believe that that has to do with just working with women on a regular basis, which mm. is not all that's about. Mm. But also um, when the interviewer, the writer for The Guardian, the journalist asked her about her stance regarding abortion, she dodged the question. Mm. And so I think that that kind of... Well, I mean, like, Bella literally gets pregnant with a child who is ripping her apart from the inside. And refuses to get rid of it. And refuses to do anything about it. Yep. So, you know, it's just kind of like, again, like, you can position this any way you want, you know, but when you take 10 steps back and you look at the story, it's it's very alarming that this was put on paper and then... Celebrated. Celebrated. For a very long time. It's still being celebrated. Oh, like, for sure. Um, you know, side note, if you're wondering if the Twilight community is still alive, oh, it very much is. Oh, yeah. Go, go and look up the group on Facebook called Twilight Shitposting. Shout out to you guys. Oh, my God. You have <laughs> made my day every day. Um, they are hilarious and they make fun of Twilight, but they also love it. 
Um, and so it's very hard for me because while I love this story, I also have to acknowledge all the problems that it's caused. I think that you can because that, like, I I think that you know it probably wasn't a great idea. Like you know, in our case, unfortunately, the books were published at a time when we were quite young and yeah. like at a time when we were influenced by it to a certain extent. Yeah. Not that that stayed with us or anything, but no. that you know you have so you have to consider that any time that stories like this that are very popular are published and kind of put forth the notion of a controlling relationship, mm-hmm. you have to be concerned, I think, about how that's affecting the young audience, like yeah. the young readers who are picking up uh, books like this. Yeah, and you thinking have some that sort gonna... of responsibility to your audience. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you do. And, and I feel that nowadays we're a little bit more inclined, but at that time we weren't. And and then it opened the doors for other things. Um, you know, I'm looking at my bookshelf now. The amount of books that I bought and read around the time of Twilight, they're all to do with vampires. They're all to do yeah. with, you know, teen vampires. Um, look at the Vampire Diaries. Oh, um, the Vampire Diaries exist and was so popular because of Twilight. 100%. And that has, what, seven seasons? Something like that, um, yeah. And two spin-off shows. Mm-hmm. So it's still going. Um, and, and I believe that there's a spin-off show that's still currently airing. Yes, like, happening Legacies. right now. Right. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's it. Um, wild. It's wild. Um, and then you look at things like Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. which was Twilight fan fiction. Well, this is fun, because this gets us into the whole fan fiction notion as well. Again, another thing that I believe that Twilight impacted was fan fiction in general. Mm. Because, like, fan fiction's been around for decades and decades. It's been around for very long time from what you know I've looked into a lot of what started fan fiction was actually fanfic about Star Trek okay (laughs) there was a lot of like Kirk and Spock fan fiction (laughs) and stuff that kind of like you know went off on its own little tangent basically but that's been around for a very like a super super long time fandoms Mm. have been around for for a very long time Mm. Star Trek and things like that kind of popularized that notion but fandoms themselves have existed for a number of decades now um and but I will, but I think that because of Twilight, and yes, obviously in turn because of Fifty Shades of Grey, but like she shouldn't take credit for that. Um, because of Twilight itself, I believe that it brought fan fiction to the forefront that was no longer like hidden in a corner on the internet where nobody goes to yeah, look at it because like, like that's some of it actually like, got published. Ooh, yeah, that's actually, it. a lot of it got published. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you, you know, if you consider that impact, of course, what came out of in like not an altogether surprising way, obviously Fifty Shades of Grey, that series is the most popular Twilight fan fiction that exists. Everybody's aware of Direct what it is. fan fiction for exactly, Twilight. Exactly, exactly. Um, without the supernatural element. Yeah. Obviously a lot kinkier. Yeah. But again, controlling man. Oh, awful. Tall, dark, and handsome, mysterious, with this very impressionable young woman yeah. who would kind of do anything for him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, you can really, you really see the parallels between the two properties. Once yeah. you like read, you're like, oh, wow, okay, this is oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Here's our, here's this equivalent. Here's that equivalent. Here's mm-hmm. that part of the story. Here's this part of the story. Um, and, and so I think that, yeah, and I think that for the modern audience, this is what has brought fan fiction out into the general verbiage yeah. of the world. Like before that, people would have been like, what the fuck is like fanfiction.com fan and stuff? Like yeah. what is, what are those places? What's yeah. Wattpad? Like what yeah. are those things? And oh, now people, Wattpad. yeah. And now people know what those things are. And then if you want to look at like, more fan fiction that's being published even now and being made into movies. The After series yeah. was 
fan fiction about Harry Styles. But in no way, shape, or form, it makes no sense. No, but then when you watch after or you read the books, which I unfortunately have, <laughs> I don't know why I do this to myself, um, Harden, again, the main character. Harden, Harden <laughs> And Tessa. Um, <laughs> Side note, have you guys watched those movies? They're so bad. There's yeah. a new one coming out soon. I can't wait. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, you, you read those and you're like, again, we've got this toxic relationship with this young, impressionable woman. Yeah. Um, and eventually, like, as the story unfolds, I'm sure some of you will argue with me and say, yes, but she builds up resilience and she builds up, like, yeah, do you know how fucking hard that is to do when you're in that situation yeah. to mentally then start pushing back on this person who has essentially abused you for how much time? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think that it's very sad that this is what we're putting out to young women that it's okay to be groomed into submission basically basically um you know and then you look at other series like gabriel's inferno which okay is terrible but they're also making like 12 movies out of this shit yeah like 365 days yeah same Um, thing there's another one called that i was looking at called beautiful bastards which is again which was another one that was published originally as fan fiction inspired by twilight slash 50 shades of gray um that i believe is a book that was maybe published in 2013 or something mm. like that as well same thing like same kind of uh ceo and assistant relationship mm. type of situation so again always the man in the dominant role yeah. um and as far as i'm concerned taking advantage of that dominant role but you know <laughs> one thing i will say if i take a step back and look at twilight um midnight sun was released about a year ago i believe um stephanie meyer had originally meant to release that years ago oh yeah um along with the twilight bunch um but her manuscript got leaked online Mm -hmm. and she was so discouraged by this that she ended up just posting i think the first 19 pages of it or something yeah it was like life after death or something 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 um but yeah so she eventually released midnight sun last year which is twilight from edward's point of view Mm -hmm. I do have to say, I don't know if she changed a lot of it based on kind of feedback that she's heard over the times or if that was her intent that it was meant to be, you know, this way in the beginning. But Edward does seem a lot more reasonable in Midnight Sun than you get the feel for in Twilight from Bella's perspective. Yeah, I have to wonder if part of that has to do even with just Stephanie Meyer herself growing as an author and as a person. Yeah. Um, You know, because you do age, you change, your ideas about things do shift as time goes on. So you have to wonder if even that might have something to to do with it as well. Could have been, um, but uh, I did. I did actually quite like Midnight Sun because I thought it was nice to see things from his perspective. Um, but again, like you know, all road lead all roads lead back to Twilight. People like you look at all these love stories that are coming out. You know, a lot of these shows, a lot of a lot of like you know, even if we look at this trope of we were talking about this earlier, and we're going to talk about this in one of our upcoming episodes, but these stories about death in teenagers and yeah you know dying suddenly or having like illnesses and dying or being depressed um it, you know it makes you wonder like because there's been such an explosion of young adult literature since twilight how has that affected all these other subgenres that are coming out now 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, because I, I feel like you cannot think of young adult lit now in a modern way because, yeah. like, nobody talked about young adult lit in the same way before Twilight yeah. was published. Like, you went to the bookstore, there was a teen section mm. or whatever, but it was, like, it was just, like, random stuff. Yeah. It was, like, little things, and the only thing that you would find was, like, you know, Harry Potter, which arguably people start reading at a much younger age yeah. than Twilight, obviously, because of the subject matter and the characters being younger and everything in not everything revolving around like a romance mm, um, or an adventure yeah that's it exactly so it tends to draw like a slightly younger audience to begin with and then obviously you just you know keep at it after a while yeah um, the I feel like now you know when people are like the young adult section people assume you walk into a bookstore you go into the young adult section and you're like oh yes this is where I will find all the books like Twilight oh yeah and you do yeah. Oh, and yeah. You do. Look at the covers. You know, it's like, don't tell me these weren't all somehow influenced, not directly maybe, but like, you look at the covers, you look at the plots, you look at everything. It, it's very similar. Yeah. You know? What's that, like, within the last few years, there's that one that's been published. There's like a few of them now, I think. What's that book, Crave? Mm. Um, it's literally a black cover, all black cover, like a white flower on it with like some dripping blood. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, is this, is this like another Twilight book? Because when you look at it quickly, you're like, what's this? And it is supposedly something to do with some girl going to like a vampire academy and then falling in love with some fucking vampire. Anyway, it's that. I might need to read this. It's, it's basically, (laughs) it's that. But if, okay, like if you were to purchase those books, I've seen a couple of the covers. If you were to purchase those books and stick them on your bookshelf, which I'm looking at right now, (laughs) right next to the Twilight series, it would look like they were part of the Twilight series if you didn't look at the author's name. Right. If you were just like, oh, ignore that, and yeah, you saw it. It's all like, the same. Like, the font is the same. Yeah, like, it, and, and then it makes you wonder, like, okay, there's influence and there's plagiarism. Like, yeah, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know whose bright idea that was in the art department to be like, let's just make it look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to find, this is going to really bother me now if I don't look <laughs> at it, so I'm going to find the book cover photo, yeah. um, and then Crave, wait. Book. And then you ended up with like you know more mature stories like uh, True Blood and stuff you know yes but I think that those ones are more Anne Ricey vampires they're closer to the Anne Rice side yeah. of things I think I agree with you but like yeah, but vampires really like look at this photo oh wow that does really absurd look like yeah. come on and it like says, if take a bite on it yeah like, like it, kebab if I took that off of you it's the same font it is mm-hmm. if I took that. And gave it to you, and you stuck it in on your bookshelf right now. You'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's another, it's another, another Twilight, Twilight yeah. book." Except yeah. it's um, by an author named Tracy Wolf. The other ones are different colors because I think they realized after the first <laughs> book that they were like, confusion. "Ooh, we should not make all of these exactly yeah. the same." <laughs> causing some confusion. Yeah, God, it looks like there's at least four of these ones as well. Like this is nonstop. Like, look at, come on. I mean, you know. I think once you start, you know, when you just look at this, it's like, okay, we've got young adult, supernatural, broody teenagers yeah. falling in love. Like, that's what it is, right? There's always, so I find most of the time, there's always one broody asshole mm. and one quote-unquote nice guy. Like, the nice guy who she... Oh, who she, always gets shoved aside. He does, which I yeah. I have beef with. Yeah, like, we. it's true. You know what? We need to, when... 
we watch these things and read these books where it's like a like a toxic controlling relationship and particularly in instances in some of them where they break up for a period of time yeah. and she finds a new guy who she could potentially be with yeah. somebody needs to popularize the idea of picking the second option yeah the nice guy the like, nicer oh, person I went through this crap with this asshole and now I've learned that that's not what I yeah want. and so in Twilight obviously it would be your equivalent of actually picking Jacob as your choice which basically she doesn't no which she doesn't even though it might have been a better option in the end well he ended up in love with what's but he's name. yeah but his whole his story arc is totally fucked up and he becomes like a total fucking asshole later on too so there's just Edophilia nothing is okay yeah so there's just nothing great about that in the first place which is super unfortunate mm. um yeah I, I just I wish that I guess I wish that it had put a different message out there. Yeah. Because it's also caused just an oversaturation of these kinds of things, almost to a point where I, I'm concerned that teenage girls read these things and then assume that this is what relationships are like because oh. all of them, I'm all no of Pete. these books are like this, and I'm like, ugh. And I think there might be, like, a shift coming now with Gen Z, but I think one thing that I'm trying to get across here is when you are when you have a platform be it as a writer as a blogger yeah um as an influencer um whatever that may be if you're a popular kid in school yeah sure if you have some sort of platform where people are listening to you be careful with what you're putting out there because stephanie meyer certainly influenced a, a lot yes of movies and entertainment books whatever you name it um, and it's not necessarily in the best way. So I think that that's just kind of the caution that everybody needs to have these days with everything being on the internet and so easily accessible. When you have a voice and a platform like we do right yeah. now with our podcast, yeah. you know, we may not have, you know, a billion subscribers We yet. might not have a big voice, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if three it's, people are listening to you or if 3,000 people are listening to you at a time. So mm -hmm. you, It's like a... a social responsibility I think I think so um and that's kind of where Stephanie Meyer messed up but yeah well I, I don't think I don't think she was <laughs> considering anything like that when she wrote this story to begin with I mean yeah. she stated on several occasions herself that she was not expecting these books to be this well, well how received could you? I know how could you possibly <laughs> think we're all our own our uh, our um, own harshest critics yeah. as well so I don't think that if you wrote something you'd be like oh this is going to be the next big thing mm -hmm. no one I don't think anybody goes into things <laughs> thinking that at all mm -hmm. oh man yeah I yeah I have I will always have an appreciation for them for what they are and for you know what they managed to do and how they did manage to at least popularize the idea of young adult literature which in turn has helped a lot of writers mm -hmm. with what they're doing and I think that that's great and I hope that there's a thing I hope that Stephanie Meyer is happy that she maybe helped some authors get their work out there for mm -hmm. people to see because she might have had a little something to do with it and again I love young adult literature so I'm happy that we've had this boom in the genre for sure I guess it's just one of those things you have to take the good with the bad right mm -hmm. so <laughs> you take the good of like the impact that it had with the bad part of the impact that mm -hmm. it had on things but and always with a grain of salt for I think, sure is what we're saying for sure I think we're heading out of I think we're heading out of that era of yeah. like this is the way relationships should be based yeah. on this book that I've read which is great <laughs> I think we're heading out of that era a little bit and into something maybe a teeny bit more realistic especially if you consider what's been happening in the past maybe 
four or five years and what sorts of uh, film adaptations of it are being made. Like a lot of it's not like, oh, there's a vampire, it's supernatural. It's sort of like, oh, it's two kids in high school who are navigating a relationship Mm. together. Like, you know, if you think of like your uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before and those kinds of things that are becoming like a bigger you know. kissing booth oh wait oh no i if i ever euphoria oh wait yeah no like if i speak to whoever that author is from the kissing booth books uh i guarantee she read twilight and was like oh i'm gonna write a book that's kind of based on this a little bit if the uh main love interest is tall dark and broody then you know what kind of ride you're in for yeah um <laughs> and okay one thing i will say that i do think I guess people don't really talk about as often, but maybe the most negative aspect of Twilight and of like the books and how things were written and how they were portrayed um, was its treatment of First Nations people, which is its own conversation, obviously. Um, Very disappointing and unsurprising. Yeah. But... There it is. And that is something that if you do pick up these books for some reason, again, if you have like a hair, if you get like a hair to reread, um, pay attention to the language that's Mm. used when speaking about the werewolves and the people Mm. on the reservation Mm. and how they are portrayed and how they are spoken about, particularly by the vampire characters, the very white, very pristine porcelain looking people. Um, that I will say the films did a slightly better job with that because they didn't really get into that quite as much. Into that bias. Yeah. But it is a bias and it was, that bias was really, you know, fully embraced in these books. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, as Canadians, something that we are, as a collective, working on making a reconciliation with. Still a lot, a lot of work to be done. Oh, yeah. We barely scratched the surface. Um But, you know, to Megan's point, if you do read this, we do encourage you to have that lens and check the biases that are happening. And you could with any story, really, um, that deals with uh, a minority group. Yeah. Um, You know, and in this case, it's like they are extra characters in the book that have, they end up taking uh, quite a large part of the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think too bad that it wasn't handled with the respect that they deserve. No, agreed. There was no graceful handling Mm. of that at all. So just keep that in mind. Um, (laughs) I did not mean to end this on a really negative note. But But it has to be said. (laughs) But it should be said. These are the conversations that we need to be having if we want to be better. Yeah. So keep that in mind, just as as a side note, keep that in mind if you do pick up these books, if you do read them, if you've never read them, For some people, you know, it just has to do with, like, a generational difference. I'm sure a ton of Gen Z haven't read these books because they were quite young when they were published in the first place. Uh, If I think about it, 2005 was when the first book was published. The first book was published the year that my brother-in-law was born. Yeah, I would actually really like to hear from our Gen Zs on who are listening in. What do you think about Twilight? Yeah. Your, because for Megan and I, this these books came out at a very, very crucial time in our oh boy. teenage lives. Yeah. And for me, anyway, it really influenced um, a lot of my early relationships. Yeah, so, I believe I would have been 15 when the first book was published. Yeah, I was 15 when I read it a couple okay. of years later. Yeah, um, there you go. So, <laughs> Gen Z, don't read this book if you're 15. <laughs> no, it's almost better to read them as an adult, honestly, yeah. which I feel about a lot of things like that. And I feel like it's weird because I feel like I can forgive. 
I can forgive things like Fifty Shades of Grey a little bit more mm-hmm. because they're technically geared at an older audience, yeah. people in their 20s and above. So that's really who they're geared at. But the characters are also grown-ass people making their own decisions. Mm-hmm. So while those decisions are awful, you aren't as incensed by it, mm-hmm. I guess, as with Twilight. It's not targeted at a 15-year-old yeah. and telling them that this is the way that your relationship should be. It's for the older... I can change him. Yeah, it's for the older crowd. We're like, yeah, obviously people will still be influenced by it, but n- I don't believe to the same degree. Yeah, and that's where that responsibility comes in. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay, that was a whole last discussion. It so, was. <laughs> but we want to know what you guys think of um, Twilight as a whole, the series, the first book, the movies. I don't know. How do you feel about it? How do you feel that it's impacted things um, just across the world, basically, in the world of literature mm-hmm. as a whole? Um, so you can let us know about that over on Instagram at fullybookedca. You can check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. We don't have a Twitter account because I'm too lazy to run it. Uh, (laughs) And feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this episode. It really helps us get the show out in front of more people. But we love you guys. And until next week, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.